So, hey, uh, we are in a series called Distractions, and we started on Easter, and Easter, we talked about the distraction of unmet expectations, that when your expectations aren't met, if we focus too much on that, we're going to be distracted from Jesus. And we talked about on the road to Emmaus, there were these two guys that were so upset that Jesus didn't act a certain way or do a certain thing that they expected, that they actually missed Jesus walking right next to them. And so in this entire series, what we're going to be doing is talking about the things that distract us, that we get focused on, and and that keep us from noticing the Jesus that is walking right alongside of us. And what we talked about last week was the idea that wouldn't it be foolish if we focus so much on something that we miss the actual answer to that something? In every single one of these weeks, the answer is our relationship with our Heavenly Father that happens through Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be talking about each week. And we're going to be going over a different distraction each week. And you'll be familiar with all of them. Uh, This week, you hopefully got one of these cards that says, My greatest regret is... You're going to write on that and give it to the person next... No, you're not going to do that. Okay, that's not what you're going to do. You will have an opportunity to write on it, and you'll probably, like me, write like this, because I don't want anyone to see what my greatest regret is. Or if you're like me, you'll fill out the front, and then you'll turn it over, and there'll be a whole place on the back that you can continue to write your regrets. But um, in August, we did a sermon called uh, on forgiveness. And one of the things we said was, when their hurtfulness is combined with our brokenness, It creates a debt that cannot be repaid. And we talked about the importance of forgiving other people. And we talked about the the parable of the unforgiving servant who has forgiven all this stuff, but he couldn't forgive somebody for something very little. And we talked about the fact that forgiveness, not justice, is the path to restoration. Forgiveness is. And so we spent quite a bit of time talking about how important it is to forgive. And that's great, and you can go back and listen to that from uh, August. But what I've noticed in my years of ministry and in talking to a lot of different people and just in myself, one of the hardest people it is to forgive is ourselves. When we look in our past, when we look at a certain day maybe of our past, one certain decision that we made, maybe it was a certain season, maybe it was a certain spring break or a certain business trip, or maybe it was something that you decided that you thought was the right thing, and then you look back now and you think, how could I have been so foolish? How could I have been so stupid? How could I have done that? And so we, we heap that upon ourselves and we, we, we bear this load of our regrets. And I want to hopefully by the end of this morning show you that that, if, if you're stuck there, is going to keep you from noticing the person who can remove that in the first place, Jesus. Um, this is a picture of my trash can just a, a couple weeks ago. I... I'm a filer. I I like to file things. And so I was in my garage one day and I'm looking at all these things I've filed and I realized I have a lot of paper in my garage. And I have these filing cabinets that were all full. The reason I know this is because I was trying to file something and I literally could not pull a file open to shove something in there. And so I bought a a paper shredder. As a matter of fact, it's right here. And um, I started shredding. And 
Let me just tell you, it is addicting to shred stuff. So that's one of my problems now. I'm in counseling for it. But I started shredding stuff. And the first stuff I started shredding were phone bills. And you have to understand, these weren't just regular phone bills. I know, you, you get them all by email. These were phone bills from AT&T from the early 90s. <laughs> like literally 1991. And I, and, and, I, and I started shredding like this. I started, I pulled out the thing. Well, phone bills, I'm not going to need these phone bills. And then I open it up and it's 19, it's actually the late 80s. It's, that's how bad it is. And I start looking at, at it. I'm like, oh, I remember. That's right. That's where my brother lived in New Jersey. And I start going through. And I realize by the time I get to page one of the first phone bill that I look at, this is going to take a long time. And so I, I take the phone bill and I, I put it in the shredder and it's like, it's like man, I, if I need that thing, if I, I might need that later. And I, and I watch it go down and I'm like, ooh, ooh, I can't get it. So I do that one, I, I do the next one and I do the next one. I start to feel this like empowerment. I am like destroying the early 90s right now. I got, I'm like, I got, I'm shoving them in there. I'm trying to do so much that it gets bound up and I'm pulling it out. It's half shredded and there's paper going everywhere. And this is, uh, it's, it's, it, the picture's actually bigger, but it was the, you know those big blue recycling bins that, the, that they pick up? It was full all the way to the brim and I had shoved it down and it was full. And that's when I took that picture. That was the first one. <laughs> and so I start shredding stuff. I start shredding like every piece of paper I have. I started going into my wallet and I'm just like, what can I shred? <laughs> I, I had, I had, we bought a house, I forget what year it was, long, long time ago in Lakewood. And I had my original, um, uh, my original loan docs. Okay, from that. No, I know. It's a sickness. I know. Pray for me. And so I start shredding that. And those things are thick. So I'm, I'm, and they're long. The pages are real long. And then we had refinanced that house a couple times. So I had those. I had all the, that refinanced stuff. Then we, when we bought our house in Cyprus, I had that original one. And then as interest rates went down, I was refinancing like there was no tomorrow. Right? It's just like bam, bam, bam. And I had them all. I shredded all of them. And get this. And my current one. Well, there's a copy somewhere, okay? <laughs> That's how empowered I felt. And it felt so good to take my current mortgage and shred it. Now, the problem is, I called the bank and I actually still owe the money. Okay, so it wasn't that empowering. So, so th that's it. I, just shred. And so this is, this is actually from just currently. Uh, this was from yesterday. Um, and my wife did these. And it was interesting because she sees shredding completely different. So I gave her some, a pile to do. And I said, I, I need you to shred these things for, the, for the, the sermon to show what it looks like to have shredded documents like you didn't know. And, um, and so she comes in and she's crying. And I'm like, oh man, did she like, did her hand get stuck? <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what was going on. She's crying. She's like, she's like look at these. These are, these are the kids' first doctor's appointments. I'm like, so what? <laughs> we're like 21 years old now. It's like, oh, wow, what do you know? They were 18 pounds. I mean, like, who, who, who cares? Right? But for her, that, it, that meant so much. And the thought of getting rid of it to where you could not put those things back. So now, so now and then she's like, what else did you shred? I'm like, nothing. There's nothing else. <laughs> I didn't, 
No, I didn't. No, I have all that. It's just, it's in a storage unit that I have to go, go get. But uh, these documents aren't coming back. Now, keep that in the back of your mind. Because what I'd like to show you this morning is that this is how Jesus views your past. Those regrets, those mistakes, those sins, if you will. This is how he views them. And what I want to talk about this morning, how we can connect with that and we can see it the same way. So that our distraction isn't the regret. Our distraction is the one who redeems. So what I want to do, I'm, I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning than I usually do. We're going to look at three sections of scripture. So we're going to be bouncing a little bit around. And I typically don't like doing that because you can kind of pick something from anywhere if you want and make it say what you, what, you know, anything you want. But these all say the same thing and they're all by the same author, Paul. The first section of scripture we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, basically, Paul has written this letter to the church in Corinth, and he's chastising them a little bit. He's encouraging them a little bit. And, and, and there was a certain group in this church that didn't really like Paul that much, and he was addressing this, okay? And so we're going to look at that, and then we're going to go to Colossians, and then we're going to go to Philippians, all with about the same uh, idea behind them. Here's how Paul, here's how we're going to start out. And check this out. You'll, you'll appreciate this. Paul says this, I care very little if I'm judged by you or any human court. Wouldn't that be nice, <laughs> you know, to just not care? Somebody says, you know, I don't really like the way, and you're just like, I, I care very little. If you, now, now you, you'd think, well, that's just an attitude. That's just somebody with a bad attitude. You know, they don't care about anybody. But watch what happens. Paul says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or any human court. Now watch what he says, and this is incredible to me. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. Now, you might be thinking like I was thinking when I first read this, like, oh, so you just get to do whatever you want and it's okay? I mean, isn't that where you, you that's where the logic seems to be going? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't even judge myself. I just do what I want. Say la vie or, you know, what, what have you. That's not what he's saying. Watch. He goes on. He says, my conscience is clear. And then he adds this, but that does not make me innocent. I want us to understand that our regrets and our past and that thing that you did, and sometimes those things come up, you think you're over it, but then something reignites it. You, you made a decision when you were younger and you have your first child and it reminds you of that decision and it ignites that or, or, or you end up getting into a new relationship and it brings up all the feelings of that old relationship, the one you never should have been in. And, and so, so those things ignite and, and we say, man, I wish I'd never done that or that was wrong or all that kind of thing. Paul wants to make this clear. It probably was wrong. We're not innocent from it. And, and at the end of the day, what we're not trying to say is you can do whatever you want. It's going to be fine. You, there are no consequences. Paul says, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. And then he makes this incredible statement. It is the Lord who judges me. It is the one who can see my heart. It is the one who can uh, look and I, there's nothing hidden in his sight. As a matter of fact, he even knows of the sins we've forgotten. He knows about that. And it's him who analyzes us and judges us. Now, if you're 
kind of thinking about that, sometimes that can be frightening. That almighty God is the one who judges me. He's the one who evaluates me. He's the one who, who, who knows every little thing. He knows when I was wrong, when I thought I was even right. He, he knows all of it. And he has it all. And so Paul says this, look, for you to judge me and for me to judge me is not going to be the right kind of judge. It is the Lord who judges me. And so that's the first thing I wanted us to see. Number one, we all have sinned. We all have made mistakes. We all have things in our past that, that, that we regret. And God knows about them. And God knows whether they were right or wrong. Now watch. So we're going to stop there from 1 Corinthians. Because I want, I want us to get to the, to the good part uh, later on. So that's what he says. It's the Lord who judges me. And then he, the next section of scripture is in Colossians. And just to set this up, Paul is using this fantastic language about Jesus. He says, um, all the fullness of deity was in bodily form. Like that's, that's, that's Jesus. All the fullness of deity was in bodily form. And then he makes this incredible statement that he's changed us, our whole self, which used to be ruled by the flesh. Okay, so that's the setup. Paul's talking about Jesus, and he's saying what Jesus has done is changing us, has changed us, if we would allow it to. If we would allow the work that he did on the cross to have its work, and to present those things from our past, to present those things where we were to him, we will be changed. And so here's where we're going to pick up, Colossians 2, verse 12. He says, Having been buried with him in baptism, okay, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So this is saying that the power that God has to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that is available to us to make us new, to make us whole, to make us restored. This is the setup. And then he uses some really uncomfortable language. He says, when you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, and we don't typically use that language, uh, at least I hope not that much. Like you're at work and you're like, hey, how's your uncircumcision of the flesh going? And someone's like, bam, that's none of your business. Like I don't know how that, how that works. But Paul, what Paul's talking about is there's this, uh, and again, not to get too graphic, but there's this cutting away of the flesh. There's this idea, and Paul uses this language a lot with circumcision and uncircumcision of the flesh, or a lot of times he'll say, of the heart. And so he says, when you were dead in your sins... When you were that old self, when you were the one making those decisions, when you were involved allowing the flesh to rule over you, God made you alive with Christ. Now watch this. Okay. And forgave us all our sins. How many? How many of my sins? Okay. How many of your guys' sins? Okay. I'm going to have you do something uncomfortable I hardly ever do. Turn to the person next to you and just say, all. See that? Okay, good. You'll remember that. You guys are really good at that, okay? (laughs) We won't do that again. Um, He has forgiven all. Now, what did we see in the scriptures before? It's a very small thing for me to be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. 
My conscience is clear, but, but by that I'm not acquitted or made innocent, the NIV says. It is the Lord who judges me. And how many of your sins, if we would allow him to, will he forgive? All. Isn't that great news? But that doesn't help us a lot of times. Because what happens with a wrongdoing is that we create a debt debtor relationship. So if I, if I come to you and uh, as we're praying, I sneak around and I get into your purse and I take your wallet, which is what I do when we pray. Um, <laughs> if I do that, I, I've taken something from you and now a debt, I've become a debtor. I, I, I owe you something. I owe you to make it right again, okay? And so we know that about each other. And we see that if, you're, if your husband disrespects you in public or your wife disrespects you in public, um, uh, they owe, you know, there's a debt debtor. They can make it right by respecting you in public. Or if your boss takes one of your ideas and uses it for his own thing and then, and then you've been out that, that acknowledgement, then... There's a debt-debtor relationship. But how do you pay a debt to yourself? Because when you think about having to pay yourself back, you're the one paying. And this is what happens with us all the time when we think about our regrets. We think, there's no way I can make that undone. I can't pay myself back. And so it's great that Jesus forgave me of all my sins, but I don't know if I can forgive me of all my sins. Some of the things I've done have had consequences. I um, was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago, um, and he had made a decision 23 years ago. It was one day. He had a girlfriend, and that girlfriend cheated on him. And he got angry, and he got a gun, and he shot the, the boyfriend and killed him. And tried to kill his girlfriend. One day, he, and he went to prison for 23 years. Now, that is a big one, okay? That's a big one. And he, here's the thing I asked him. How did, because now he's, he's been out for a year and he's working on becoming a pastor. God has done a radical change in his life. But he thinks, I, I said, how do, you, how do you, do you ever just think to yourself, man, what if that day hadn't come? Like, what if I hadn't done that? He said, I used to think that every single day until I realized Jesus has taken that away too. He has forgiven me of that. And I've made restitution. So watch what he does. He says, he's forgiven all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. In other words, we do owe. We did owe. But Jesus cancels that, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. This is what Jesus does with the things that cause us regret. Now, so the document that I shredded, my mortgage, um, when I shredded it, if I had walked into the bank and I had stopped making my mortgage payment and they sent me a letter, um, I just shred that too. No, uh, if, I, if they sent me a letter and said, you know, dear sir, you know, you, you're late on your payment, please pay. And I walk into the bank and I, I kind of grab like this and I'm like, no, it's, 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 all, it's all taken care of, trust me, right? They would go and they would pull out a copy, you know, they'd type up a little thing online and they'd print it out and they'd go, here's your, here's your new one. This, you owe this. And you will owe this until you pay it back. 
But if they didn't, if they said, oh, wow, it, it's, been, it's been shredded and we went online and we don't show that you owe us anything and that debt has been forgiven because they have the authority to do that. I don't have the authority to just not pay my mortgage. They have the authority. Jesus has the authority to forgive you of your past. When he nails it to the cross, it's as though he's shredding it. And now, back in this time, the people Paul were talking to, uh, they did things a little different. So right now, if I owe you something, or let's say I borrow $5,000, we would go to a lawyer and he would draft up documents um, and, 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 you know, we'd pay him $500 an hour or whatever it is. But uh, he would draft up documents. I would sign it, you would sign it, and that would be the document. Back in this day, the way it worked is if I owed you $5,000, I would write it out. I, John Rittenhouse, owe, um, you know, Craig Ott, $5,000. I will pay it back over this time. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this. It's a joke, okay? It's not real. <laughs> Craig's like, yes, I love this sermon. <laughs> My favorite sermon ever. Uh, you know, I'll pay it back over this time with this amount of interest rate. And then he would have that document handwritten by me. Jesus takes our past. We say, Jesus, I owe you a debt that I cannot repay. My 20s, <laughs> like the entire decade, and I am sorry, you know, what, what, whatever it is, those regrets, we write them down and he takes them and he says, thank you very much. Yes, you do owe me. You do owe me this amount. And he takes it and he puts it on the cross and he nails it there and he says, your debt's canceled. You are forgiven. You say, well, John, I don't know if you, if, if you knew what I would, if what I'd write on that, on that debt that I owe Jesus. If you knew some of the things I've done in my past, there's no, there's no way. How many of our sins? All. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. And so he says, he's taking away nailing it to the cross. Now I, I just want to show one other section of scripture because this is, um, we're going to have some time this morning to take communion and to go into this exercise that I want to do. Um, in Philippians, uh, Paul is writing to a church in Philippi, and um, he's talking about the fact that um, he, he says, I have all these things from my past, and some of the things were gained to me. Like, they, they were good things. I, I, I memorized a lot of scripture, and I, I did a lot of things for the church, and I paid a lot of money to God's kingdom, and th those, things, those things were gained to me. Those were, those were good um, but now that I know Jesus, now that I have a relationship with him, now that I've, I've experienced what it means to walk with him daily and to have the, my past forgiven, I, those things, Paul says, I count as rubbish. It's trash to me. And that's, that's where we, we, we set up with him. He, and he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I, I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know uh, what it's like to become like him. And so then he says this, and this is um, Philippians chapter 3. I, I want to know him and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. This is really encouraging language. If you are holding on to something from your past, 
something you wish you could undo that can't be undone. You are holding on to a righteousness of your own. And I know it sounds right. And oftentimes it feels right, doesn't it? Doesn't shame often feel like you're paying for something? Like you, like it, you deserve it? If you look back, and I, I had this week, I had the luxury of going through all my regrets as I was preparing for the sermon and thinking about them all. And, and there were some that are just so cringeworthy. And I, I was just sitting there and, and I found myself being empowered by my own shame. Good. That's good punishment for me. And now I won't do it again. That is what Paul calls a righteousness of my own. That Jesus nailed that to the cross and I don't have the authority or the right to take it back down and put some tape on it and put it back in my pocket. And so he says, I want to know Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Not that I've already attained all of this, or I've already arrived at my goal. In other words, this is a process that even the Apostle Paul, who might be one of the most spiritual people ever in the whole wide world, even he was on this journey that we're talking about this morning. Even he could be distracted by his past, either good or bad. And so he says, I, not that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus took hold of me. That God, if you, if you have prayed the prayer of asking God to forgive you of your past, if you've acknowledged what Jesus did on the cross, that he has the authority now over sin and death, he's taken hold of you and he's got you. And he takes that past and those regrets and he grabs them and says, you don't need those anymore. I'll take care of them. I have a filing system. And he shreds it. Well, nails it to the cross, which is about the same thing. And, you, and, and oftentimes, isn't it true how we want to take them out and put them back and we rehearse things in my mind and if I had only said this, then that wouldn't have happened. And if I had only done this and if I had only been strong enough and if I had only known what I know now and we put the pieces back together that God has shredded and we say, it, yeah, that's, that's right. This is, this is it. This is it. And God says, oh, thanks. I'll take that. And shreds it again. Wait a minute. You know, it's a journey. It's a process. He says, I press on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And then he says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Now you say, John, I, I can't forget what happened. You're not supposed to. This word forget doesn't mean he doesn't remember. He means not focusing on it anymore. Turning, instead of that being where all my attention is on, my past, those things I did, those things that are holding me back, instead of it being there, I press on towards the goal in Christ Jesus. I fix my eyes. I fix my gaze. I fix my attention. I fix my intentions on him. I turn my back on those things. We'll never forget them. Okay, like Paul said, we're not innocent of them. And they have consequences. But it's a matter of shifting our perspective away from those things so that they are not distracting us. 
and we can focus on Christ. He says, and this, this straining towards what lies ahead is a, is a uh, track term that Paul is using. This idea of you just trying to get that chest. You've seen them when you watch the Olympics. You'll watch the, they just try and get as far out as they can so that they can reach the goal. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we forget what we've done? We can't undo it. And, and we might even be living in some of the consequences still of what it was. But how do we forget what lies behind? Here's what I want to leave us with. And uh, is this statement that I, I, I brought up this week. Our deepest regrets can become our greatest reminders of God's grace and mercy. Our deepest regrets can become our greatest reminders of God's grace and mercy. You see, John, do you mean that this mistake I made, that I can't undo it, that that can actually be turned to good? Yeah. God works out all those things for his good. We are all broken. None of us are innocent. The Bible says, for we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. But God does not hold that against us. He says, you remember what you're capable of? I know what you're capable of. But that was the time, not when you made a mistake. That is the time when I redeemed you and restored you and it is forgiven. How many of our sins? Oh. So here's what I want to do this morning. We're going to do two things at the same time. Um, we're going to set up communion on these tables so that you can come up and just take communion on your own. Um, and so there won't be anyone handing it out. It'll, it'll just be on there. The other thing we're going to do is this. As I've been talking and talking about your past, there are probably some things that you have back there that you know what your greatest regrets are. This says my greatest regret is, but you might have three or four. I, I have three or four hundred. And so, um, uh, and so you will, you will. You'll, take, you'll take some time to, to write those out. And you might want to just write the debt that is owed you to yourself. And so instead of saying, I'm sorry for... Um, uh, being too focused on my work when my kids were little, say, I owe myself several years with my kids back. Because that's usually where the regret comes in, is that we, it's what we missed out on or what we, what we could have done. So maybe you want to do that. We don't have too much time, so you just write, write out whatever you can. Maybe you're worried about someone seeing it, so it's just a bunch of symbols that mean something to you. <laughs> you're, you're like, that, yeah, that star, you know what that's for, <laughs> you know, what, what, whatever you want to do. Okay, And then what we're going to do is we're going to come up here and we've got two paper shredders. Uh, that one there and then this one is from our office. And um, first it's going to scan it and uh, email it to me and then it's, no. No, and I was going to make a joke like this is for sexual sin and this one's for finance. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so you're going you're gonna to take... You're going to take your card, and uh, for those who watch on the podcast or watch online, they can't even see me right now. I'm, I'm down here, okay? So uh, you're going you're gonna to write it, and you're going to put it in this paper shredder. 
and you're not going to get it back. Because you can't get it back. Because the Lord's taking care of it. He's, this is the equivalent of us nailing it to the cross. So whatever you write on there, if you've gone and you've confessed that to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm ready to move on from this. I, I know it was a mistake. I know I shouldn't have done it. I, I knew I shouldn't have done it when I was doing it, but I'm asking you right now to take it from me. And so you, you, you take that and you, you, you shred it and then you go to the communion and you grab a cup which represents the blood of Jesus that forgives us of all our sins and you take a cracker that represents his body which has been broken, which gives him the authority to take these things away. And, and, you, uh, and you, you can take it back to your seat if there's room. It might be hard to, to kneel by the stage but you might want to just take it back to your seat. And you take communion. Your past is taken care of by Jesus. And then the communion is just a reminder of what he's done. And a reminder that you can move forward. You can press on towards the goal. You don't need to be distracted by your past anymore. So does that make sense? We're gonna, and there's pens up here too if you want to come up here. or you, wanna, you, you can sit anywhere on the campus or stand or whatever and write, write, your, write your stuff out. Um, and then when you're ready, shred it. And forget it, okay? I just made that up just now. That's fantastic. That was awesome. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be getting the, I'll set out the communion for us. Lord Jesus, we are thankful. We are thankful that um, we, we just don't want a righteousness of our own. We mess all that up all the time. And uh, Lord, for the sins that should be a bigger deal than they are that we are forgetting about. And for the ones that we're making too big of a deal, Lord, we give you all. We give you all of it. We ask you to take it away. And then, Lord Jesus, as we remember our past, because it's impossible to forget it, I pray that we would turn and go, I remember that day. That was a day when the Lord did a great work in my life. has given me grace and mercy and forgiveness. I remember that decision. It's just a reminder to me of how good God is. I remember that other decision. It's a reminder to me of what I'm capable of if I didn't have Jesus guiding me and directing me and strengthening me. And so, Lord, as we do this, we just pray um, that you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.